can know God. What is missing in our lives? Purpose, meaning a reason for living. These are all things we desire and search for in life. Despite steps each one of us takes to find purpose and meaning in life, we still feel empty, unfulfilled. That is because there is a spiritual emptiness in each of our lives. We each have a hole in our heart, a spiritual vacuum deep within our soul, a God-shaped blank. Possessions won't fill this hole, nor will success. Relationships alone cannot satisfy this emptiness, and morality in and of itself falls miserably short of occupying this space. In fact, even religion cannot fill this void in our heart. There is only one way to effectively fill that void. There is This way will not only help us to have a life that is full and rich on this earth, but more important, will give us the absolute hope of spending eternity in the presence of God. Before we can truly appreciate this good news, though we need to understand the bad news, which is a serious problem we all have. The Problem Sin. The Bible clearly identifies our serious problem as sin. Sin is not just an act, but the actual nature of our being. In other words, we are not sinners because we sin. Rather, we sin because we are sinners. We are born with a nature to do wrong. King David, an Old Testament Israelite ruler, wrote, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Palms 51.5 Because we are born sinners, sinning comes to all of us naturally. That is why it is futile to think that the answer to all of life's problems comes from within. According to the Bible, the problem is within. Scripture tells us the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Jeremiah 17.9 We are not basically good. We are basically sinful. The sinfulness spills out into everything we do. Every problem we experience in our society today can be traced back to our refusal to live God's way. Clear back to the Garden of Eden. Adam made his choice, and he suffered the consequences of it. Sitting the pattern that all humanity would follow. The Bible explains when Adam sinned, sin entered the entire world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. Romans 5.12.18 That's not fair, you may protest. Why should we suffer because of what someone else has done? Yet given the opportunity, each one of us would have done the same thing as Adam. In fact, not a single day passes that we do not face the same test that was set before Adam. God has given us the freedom to choose between two separate paths. The path that leads to life and the the path that leads to death. The Bible says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, 
Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live without a leg to stand on. Someone may say, but I live a good life. I try to be kind and considerate to others. I live by the Ten Commandments. But the truth of the matter is that the Ten Commandments, or the law, as they are called in the Bible, were not given to make us good, but to show us how bad we are. The Bible tells us no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Romans 3.20 The purpose of the law is to make us realize how sinful we are. You might say that God's law was given to shut our mouths and show us that we desperately need his help and forgiveness for our terminal condition as sinners. Look at the passage below to get a better understanding of the nature and sinfulness of sin. 1. We have all missed the mark. See Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says we have all sinned. For those who would claim to be the sole exception, this eternal truth. Verse 10 of this chapter plainly says, No one is righteous, not even one. Romans 3.10 Another word for righteous is good. The word righteous means one who is as he or she ought to be. When the Bible says that no one is righteous or good, it is not so much referring to behavior, but to inner character. What exactly is God's glorious standard that Romans 3.23 says we have failed to meet? God's glorious standard is absolute perfection. Jesus said, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 5:48. In other words, anyone who is not as good as God is not acceptable to him. One definition of sin, devered from Greek word homonotri, is to miss the mark. As far as the mark of perfection goes, we miss it by a mile. Although our sinful nature makes it impossible for us to live to God's standard, we cannot blame sin on our nature alone. Sin is also a deliberate act. 2. Sin is a deliberate act. Another word for sin is transgressions or trespasses. This word speaks of a lapse or deviation from truth in contrast to simply missing the mark. This is a deliberate action. Because sin is a deliberate action, we cannot blame our sin on our society or our environment or our mental or physical state. Everyone has chosen to do what is wrong. If we protest this point, we are only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. 1 John 1.18 3. The ultimate penalty for sin is death. See Romans 6.23 According to the Bible, we have offended a holy God. We have not done this once or twice, but so many times that we are unable to keep count. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Wages are something you are paid for work rendering. Or, in other words, 
you earn your wages. Because we have all repeatedly sinned, we have earned the penalty of death, which is eternal torment and punishment in a place called hell. Amid all this talk about sin and death, there is some good news. God has given us a way to escape the penalty of our sin. He has made it possible for us to have a relationship with him and enjoy the hope of eternal life without punishment. The solution? Jesus Christ. God understood our problem and knew that we could do nothing without it. Because God loves us, he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to earth to bridge the chasm of sin that separates us from him. Why Jesus can bridge the gap. There has never been anyone like Jesus. For starters, Jesus was not conceived in the womb of his mother through natural means. Rather, he was supernaturally conceived in a womb of a young virgin named Mary. Because of his supernatural conception, Jesus, who is holy God, also became wholly human. Though Jesus is God, he chose to lay aside the privileges of his deity to live on earth as man. The Bible describing the sacrifice Jesus made in becoming a man says that Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. It is extremely important to note that Jesus did not cease to be God when he came to earth. He simply laid aside his divine privileges and walked the earth as man. In doing so, he was personally able to experience the gaunt of human emotions ranging from happiness to deep sorrow. He felt what it, it was like to be tired, cold, and hungry. Moreover, he became a clear objective in mind to bridge the gap between us and God. When the Israelites of the Old Testament sinned, they would have the high priest go into the temple and offer an animal sacrifice to God to atone for their sin. In a symbolic sense, this was a way of putting one's sin on the animal, which stood in place of the guilty person. The Bible teaches, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 the sacrificial rituals carried out by the Israelites in the Old Testament foreshadowed what Jesus would do when he came to this earth. He took the sin of the world upon himself when he hung on the cross so many years ago. Numerous Old Testament prophecies pointed not only to his birth and life, but also to his death, including the way in which he would die. Jesus knew from the beginning that he had come expressively to die for the sins of humanity. He also knew that this sacrifice would be made on a Roman cross. He began his final journey to the, to the cross of Calvary at the place, and he often spoke of his impending death with his disciples. Scripture records, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Matthew 16:21. He was eventually arrested on false charges after Judas, one of his own disciples, betrayed him. 
but it was no accident. If humanity was going to be put in touch with God and have the barrier that separated them removed, something drastic had to be done. In essence, one with one hand Jesus took hold of a holy God, and with the other hand he took hold of the sinful human race. As crude nails were pounded into his hands, he bridged the gap for us. We must not forget, however, that three days after his crucifixion, Jesus rose from the dead. If it is true that you can't keep a good man down, then it is even truer that you can't keep the God-man down.